Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. God is a God of second chances. Now, I know that we have a lot of hokey Christian cliches, but I trust that this is not one of them. Have you heard that expression before? God is a God of second chances. It's one of the things that we like to say about God, and I hope that you actually cherish this cliche, and you do if you understand the need for and the benefit of getting a second opportunity at life. I mean, we came into the world needing a second chance, and God gave us the gospel. Christ died for our sins. I praise the Lord that in 1984, I was 25 years old, and God imposed himself into my life, and I got a second shot at life. I was born again a second time. Without a second shot, we would be eternally divorced from God. But here's the great news in addition to that. Not only does God give us a second chance by becoming a Christian, but we receive repeated second chances throughout our walk with Him. I mean, after regeneration, we do need repeated second chances from the Lord. Of course, that's the beauty of confession and forgiveness. You know that that beautiful passage in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And how many times have we taken advantage of this wonderful verse in 1 John where we have received second chance after second chance in our sanctification? God is a God of second chances, and we praise God for this Christian cliche. Well, Jonah was a believer in God, and he most definitely needed a second chance. I mean, he was the Lord's prophet, and when you think about that, he's the Lord's prophet, and it it seemed like he would have been more obedient to God, but he wasn't. And maybe sometimes we think about ourselves that way. It seems like I should just be more obedient to God. But then many times I have the opportunity to choose Nineveh over Tarshish. And me, like Jonah, I'm heading toward Tarshish, making Jonah similar to the rest of us. No matter how hard we try to spread the fame of God's name, we will need God to be merciful to us repeatedly. Again, ad infinitum. We need second chances until heaven is our home and glorification is our condition. And so God gave Jonah an opportunity to trust him. Jonah failed. And so God hurled a storm. And then later he appointed a a giant whale to get his attention. And finally it worked. What was God doing? He was trying to reorient Jonah's thinking. Jonah's trouble was God's way of giving him multiple opportunities to respond the right way. The Lord is a relentless redeemer who pursues his children out of a heart of love, and he will go to terrible lengths sometimes to get our attention, recalibrate our minds, and send us in another direction. And so initially, Jonah rejected God's call on his life. Instead of going to Nineveh and preaching to that city, 
He went the other direction. It is the equivalent of being in Ohio and being asked to go to New York City and you head toward Seattle. It's mind-boggling in a way, but I think all of us understand what's going on here because we have had some version of that scenario in our lives too. Jonah was running from what he knew to be the right thing to do. And so God brought a big storm, and then he brought a big fish into his life. I'm actually unsure how long it took Jonah to get a clue about what was happening, though his entire ordeal in the belly of the big fish lasted three days. He eventually repented, and God had him spit out and now he's heading in the right direction. The mindset motivating Jonah is probably no different from how the rest of us run from God. As you read Jonah's sequence of repentance, think about yourself and how God mercifully deals with you when you are stubborn, assuming that you're like Jonah and me, uh, that you can be stubborn from time to time. And as you listen to this, does, does this pattern look familiar? It does for me. I mean, it would be better if I got a clue and listened to the Lord the first time so I would not have to go through all the repeated rigmarole. But in Jonah 1, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Jonah rejected the word of the Lord. And then it says, the Lord appointed trouble in response to Jonah's sin. And then it says, Jonah repented to the Lord. And then the Lord gave Jonah another opportunity, having him spit out. And then the Lord gave Jonah a second call. And then the Lord did, and then Jonah did what the Lord asked him to do. Now that is the sequence. And so God calls, you run. He sends a storm. You half-heartedly repent. He sends a big fish. You repent. He spits you out. And now you're ready to obey after all of that. I need second chances because I'm a failure too. The gospel declares me a human failure, and even after salvation, my imperfections are part of life. I'm not boasting in this. I'm not, I, I don't want to tweet it out and just put it all over social media. But at some point in our lives, we really do need to come to that place of just accepting reality, not resignation. That's something that's completely different. We can resign ourselves to our failures, but there will be no forward momentum. There will be no optimism, no faith to move forward and to make those changes. But resignation, no, that's that's not right. Reality, yes. We want to step into reality and recognize that imperfections are a part of our lives. And we do not have to be discouraged post salvation because of the gospel. Now, unregenerate people, they don't have the gospel, which means they are without hope. Christians who do not understand the practical implications of the gospel can functionally act like unbelievers because they despair and they are without hope too. I would love to come alongside these unbelieving believers and let them know that there is hope in the gospel. These folks need to understand and they need to confront their problems appropriately. 
But gospel people, they see their failures as opportunities for change. They do not retreat and isolate into morbidity. They understand the Christian's victory is in Jesus. Gospel people can quickly recalibrate their hearts when they fail because they know God is a God of second chances. We have a second chance gospel. Listen to this beautiful verse in Jonah chapter 3, verse number 1. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Jonah did not seem to get hung up on the fact that he was a failure, and I trust that you don't either. I trust you are a gospel person, and you recognize that there is grace for salvation, and there is grace for sanctification. A proper understanding of the gospel can do that for you. Think about this. If the Lord would become a man and die on the cross to give you your first second chance, do you think that he would not complete what he had begun? It would be better to go ahead and get over the fact that we are failures so that we can move on to God's redemptive purposes in His world for our lives. You are a failure, and so am I. Chill out. I am not speaking of a morbid introspection that throws you into despair, but this is the reality of victors. It is morbid for people who do not understand the rules of gospel engagement. But the discerning Christian, the gospel keeps us from morbidly plunging into the depths of despair or what some people would even call a worm theology, woe is me. We are optimistic because God is a finisher. Let me remind you of a verse that you love. It is Philippians chapter 1, verse number 6. I am sure of this, Paul is saying, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Listen to the eschatological tone of that verse. Paul could look at a person in time, right in the present moment, but he has an eschatological worldview, and he sees the end. He has the end in view, and that's why he says, I am sure of this. Just as sure as you're sitting before me today in whatever is going on in your life, that he who began a good work, he's looking into the past when he regenerated you, he who began a good work, he will bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul in this short sentence is taking your past when you were regenerated, your present where you are today, and he's looking into the future knowing that this thing is going to end well for you. And so gospel people are not negative or critical people. We have a divine arsenal. We have weaponry that we can, we can do warfare in the world in which we live. We are victors as we take our thoughts captive. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power to destroy strongholds. And then he identifies what these strongholds are. We destroy arguments. 
arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. We have that kind of power operative in us. You will find patterns of hopelessness in the thoughts of people who cannot progress past the mistakes that they make. They get stuck looking inward rather than choosing to look upward and recognizing the God who is leading them. If an inward look continues, patterns will etch into their thinking, which can become strongholds, and it can captivate them. These strongholds will twist a person's thinking until they cannot ascertain and process the knowledge of God as perceived through the gospel, which can give them the very victory that they crave. A person who refuses to embrace God's second chance will spiral into anti-gospel thought patterns. And instead of bringing down those strongholds, those thought arguments that are raised up against the knowledge of God will begin to overpower and captivate them. Let me share with you just a brief list of a few of those anti-gospel dysfunctions for those who find themselves needing a second chance, but they can't or won't access the grace that is provided for them. And so as they think about the trouble that they are in, rather than taking thoughts captive, there there are unwelcome visitors that will creep in. They're crouched at the door and will begin to take hold of their minds. For example, guilt. I am wrong for what I did, and I'm not sure God will forgive me. I've heard that so many times from the despairing, those who don't understand that God is a God of second chances. Condemnation. I feel condemned all the time. I long to please God. Did you know that God is very pleased in you as you accept the works of His Son? He is 100% pleased in His Son. And if we are up in the Son and we are now receiving His alien righteousness, He is very pleased with you. But some people get twisted up in guilt. I am unsure that God will forgive me. Condemnation. I feel so condemned all the time. Fear. I am afraid of God's judgment. What is he going to do to me? Despair. I will never get out of this trap. Do you see the spiraling down of this kind of thought process of a person is not taking those thought arguments captive and defeating these strongholds? Self-pity. I am a horrible person. I cannot believe that I did that. And then frustration comes through the door. This makes me so angry. I did it again and again. And then soon we're looking for alleviation. What the heck? I'm in a trap, so I might as well have some fun. I might as well find me an escape. Rationalization. Everybody does it, so what's the big deal? And then ultimately we are rejecting God. I'm going to run from God. These are some of the unwelcomed visitors that come to people who do not understand that God is a God of second chances. There is grace for whatever you have done. There is grace for whatever has happened to you. And we need to cooperate with God in the tearing down of these strongholds and all the unwelcome ancillary visitors that come and try to captivate our minds. I am unsure what happened in Jonah's mind, other than realizing what he did, 
what it cost him, and his need to repent. And maybe that's all that we need to know. What did I do? What will it cost? Well, Christ paid for it. I need to repent. I need to step into the grace that God is offering me. But it does appear that he did experience some of the things above as far as the guilt and the condemnation and the fear and the frustration and the anger. His mind was mostly reoriented, repented to God. And when that happened, God had him spit out of the well, sending him to Nineveh. Jonah received the mercy of a second chance. One of the underrated blessings of being a Christian, maybe it's underrated because we do not fully live in the reality of what the gospel can do for us after we are born again a second time. The freedom and power of the gospel can be obscure to us. This favor only comes to the humble heart. Of course, that leads to a a few relevant questions. How free are you to admit your failures? You see, humility would motivate us to be honest about what's going on in our lives. I'm not talking about an honesty that communicates to everybody. A fool will reveal his entire mind. But there has to be certain people in our lives that we want to admit what is wrong with us. And if our hearts are humble, then we are positioned not only to admit our failures appropriately to the appropriate people, but we're positioning ourselves to receive the grace of God. And so can you talk to people about what is going on in your life? In Mark chapter 2, verse 17, it says, When Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners." There is an obstacle that will keep us from enjoying the second chance that God will mercifully give to anyone who calls upon Him. We have to admit that we have a problem after being born again. Christ did not come for the righteous. Christ came for the unrighteous. There is a clear implication here that even after we become Christians, that unrighteousness remains, that there is sin evident in our lives. There has to be an admittance of sickness to receive redemptive care. For the Christian to receive redemptive care, he must do the same thing as the unbeliever, admit his weaknesses, admit his faults, admit his sins. The reason a person is unwilling to do this, whether a believer or not, it's the same. It's self-righteousness. It's a high view of oneself, the ultimate grace killer. Christ helps broken people. Jonah was not broken, not initially. The gospel is for those who are not striving for high self-esteem, esteeming themselves more than others. There's actually irony here. Though we do not want to make a mistake, though we want to be perfect, though we want to present ourselves as being better than what we know ourselves to be, it's actually only through our mistakes that God can help us. This realization is not a license to sin. I'm not saying that at all. So that we can enjoy more of the gospel, God forbid. It is merely stating the obvious. Going back to what I was saying earlier, not resigning yourself to woe is me and things will never get any better, but stepping into the reality by stating the obvious. We fail. God restores. 
And through his restorative work, we are matured and he is glorified. Grace comes to the lowly, not the exalted, which is why accepting the reality of our blunders is ultimately healthy for our psyches, while rejecting or refusing to admit the existence of our errors, it leads to mental instability. You could insert insanity there. The honest and humble person will receive God's favor as experienced through His redemptive grace. Nobody is as psychologically sound and stable as someone who admits sin and experiences restoration by sovereign Lord. There is still more irony regarding God's mercy to us. He gives us a second chance so He can use us. Think about that. Not only the irony that we have to admit weakness and we want to be we want to present ourselves as strong. But in order to receive grace, we have to admit weaknesses. But there's more irony here that after we admit weakness and receive forgiveness from God, now He can use us. We will have greater usefulness by going this way rather than running toward Tarshish and trying to be something that will never work at all. God is not finished with us just because we have failed. Our second chances are often God's way of allowing us to have more significant usefulness in His redemptive purposes in His world. Think about this. You mess up. You run the wrong way. God hurls a storm at you. He appoints a big fish to swallow you. You repent. God spits you out. He spins you around, and now you're heading in the right direction. Do you believe this? It is an act of faith, you know. God called Jonah to a second time to respond in faith, and finally Jonah did. But God did more than that with Jonah. He did more than he could ever have imagined, and more than what Jonah could ever do without the Lord. What can God do for you and through you if you choose to experience the mercy of God through humble repentance? Do not become bogged down in the guilt of your failures. See them as opportunities to turn to the Lord in faith, and then expect Him to do fantastic things for you and through you. Someone could ask, well, why didn't God just get another prophet? I mean, it kind of makes sense. It's an excellent question. Jonah failed to be used by God to rescue Nineveh. There's plenty of people in the land. Just go find somebody else. He's not the only star athlete around here. Jonah chose to run the other way. But God persevered. He would not let go of Jonah. Jonah was trying to let go of God, but God would not let go of Jonah. Maybe God was rescuing more than Nineveh. I mean, isn't that how it typically goes? Could it be that God was saving Jonah from Jonah? Have you ever wondered why God perseveres so long with you? Sometimes we can become so task-oriented that we forget the higher purposes of the Lord's work. The story of Jonah was not just about the divine rescue of Nineveh. No, God is full of mercy to his children and also to his enemies. Part of God's mercy is to fix the wrongs that we messed up the last time we were supposed to do it right. And the implication in this section of Jonah is as impressive as it is intrusive. God is digging into Jonah's heart while seeking to rescue Nineveh.
What areas of your life is God calling you back to respond differently this time? Do you fully understand the redemptive care of God in your life? Can you think about the mission, Nineveh, what God, and what God is doing in you and how His work might be more comprehensive than just the mission? We don't want to be so task-oriented that we forget this grander purpose that is happening right before us. God is a multitasker. Yes, He had His eye on Nineveh, but He had His eye on His prophet as well. And so He wanted to use him, but He knew that He could not use him until His heart was right. God sees in the dark. He saw things that Jonah could not perceive. And so he placed the call on Jonah's life. The heat came down on Jonah, and it brought up all of those impurities that had been there all along, uh, but somewhat dormant in his life, unperceived by all. Well, that heat, it reacted inside Jonah's heart, and he got up and he ran the other way. And so God went to terrible lengths in order to get Jonah's attention because he wanted to get this man fitted up, suited up for the great call. Now, this was way more than what was happening out there in the future with Nineveh. There was something to do in Jonah's life. And that is my story, and that is your your story too. God will bring things into your life to get you suited up for a grander mission. That's why admitting failure gives you a second chance from God. In Jonah chapter 2, verse number 9, it says, But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Your sin does not disqualify you from the Christian life. That's a worldview that mocks the gospel. Christ died for all of our past and our present and our future sins. But you can sit in the belly of a fish for a long time if you want to ignore the God of second chances. And so it's up to you, it's up to me. We have to follow through on these opportunities. We can have God spit us out of the well and send us in a better direction, but we have to own any sin that may be in our lives, turn to God, receive the free pardon, the second chance pardon from God. The implication of sin and the gospel is that we need second chances from a grace-giving provider. A couple questions for you, and I'll wrap up. Are you like Jonah? Well, I mean, it's not intended to be a trick question, but yeah, of course you are. I am too. And so the follow-up is, in what way? In what way do you relate to Jonah? In what way are you like him? I would appeal to you to have a conversation with someone. I mean, maybe have a conversation with God would be a good place to start, but have a conversation with someone else about the similarity between you and Jonah. That would be good. And then number two, are you resisting the Lord? Now, some of you may be doing that at this point, that you're running toward Tarshish. You're trying to get away from God, which we know is impossible, but in our sin, we could be that, that deceived, self-deceived. And so if you're resisting the Lord, what specific way are you doing this? Would you be willing to share your struggle with a friend? If, if you would not, why not? What is the benefit of talking to a mature Christian who is competent in God's Word? We need a community 
we can do many things by ourselves, but sanctification is not one of them. We need each other. Number three, will you be like Jonah and turn from your idols? And maybe as you think about that, an obvious question would be, how do you repent? Do you know how to work through the repentance process? If you don't, I would encourage you to go to lifeovercoffee.com and just type the word repentance in the search feature, and you'll find a lot of content that will help you with that on how to repent. And if if you don't know where to find that content, uh, just send us a note. Go to the footer of our website and say, hey, I was listening to this um, a talk uh, from Rick and is talking about identifying idols and walking through repentance. And I don't know how to do that. Could you lead me through your coffee shop and give me some inf- information? We would love to do that. Do you have a sound working knowledge of repentance is what I am asking. If not, then please reach out to us. Number four, God was glorified through Jonah as Jonah responded to God a second time. Undoubtedly, the Lord brought Nineveh to repentance. Yeah, that happened. But he chose to use a sinful prophet to bring about their repentance. God will use you if you accept the second chances that he extends to you, which comes from his incredible mercy. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. That is a beautiful sentence that we all want to memorize hot in our hearts and just cherish it over and over again. Perhaps talking about a season in your life where God was a relentless pursuer and how he brought you to repentance would be a worthy conversation to have with someone. How does God's past mercy influence you to press into future grace? Now, there's a secret there. As we think about how God has forgiven us so many times in the past, it makes us eager to step into future grace, knowing that there will be multiple second chances, not a license to sin whatsoever, but we are full of faith, knowing that God will forgive us as we continue to lean in Him as we head to our Nineveh's doing whatever He has called us to do. If you want to read what I've just shared with you, then go to lifeovercoffee.com. The title of it is, Admitting Failure Gives You a Second Chance from God. Now, I have a free book in our store called Storm Hurler. It's a free digital download. I would love for you to have it. Just go to our store. You can get it. This is one of the chapters in that book. I work through all four chapters of of Jonah uh, addressing this idea of Uh, the storm and second chances and the terrible lengths that God will go through to to bring us to a place of usefulness in Him. It's an excellent study. I commend it to you, and you can have it freely from our store uh, at lifeovercoffee.com. Just look for the digital download, Storm Hurler. But again, this particular chapter is titled, Admitting Failure Gives You a Second Chance from God. I am Rick Thomas with Life Over Coffee. Thank you so much and God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.